Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello, I'm Pip and welcome to the Midwife Pip podcast, the home of expert information and real chats on all things pregnancy, birth and beyond. Remember, as a podcast listener, you can get 15% off my online courses at midwifepip.com using the code PODCAST15. Pregnancy and motherhood are wonderful, crazy times of significant change in our lives. We often experience completely new feelings or an increased intensity of existing feelings. And all of this can leave us feeling a little anxious, overwhelmed or uncertain. This week, I am joined by Sophie Fletcher, where we're going to talk about mindfulness and hypnosis and how these practices can change the game in the challenges of pregnancy and motherhood. Sophie is a best-selling author to Mindful Hypnobirthing, Mindful Mama, and Mindful Menopause, and has been supporting women through hypnosis for over 15 years. So Sophie, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure. I'm glad to be here. I'm so excited. So Sophie and I have been trying to get this recording in the diary (laughs) for like two months and we keep having to change the dates because it snows. You've got children going to university, but we've made it happen as women always do. (laughs) Yes. In the midst of exams and everything at the moment, but we're here and we met at a book event, didn't we? Yeah, which is really exciting. And we suddenly realised that actually we needed to have a conversation on a more public platform because Sophie, I think you have a really unique approach to this topic, which we'll definitely unpick a little bit more. But first of all, can I ask you what drew you to becoming a hypnotherapist and then specializing in women's health specifically? So gosh, that's, I'll I'll, I'll give you the abridged version. Yeah. So I was a policy advisor for regional government Um, So a very, very different career. And then I got pregnant, had my had my first child and it was fairly traumatic. I had a cesarean. I was really depressed afterwards. Um, I was left with real anxiety. I was getting very bad migraines. I mean, I was just not really coping. I found it really tough recovering and the end. And yeah, it was a tough time. And so I got pregnant very quickly with my second um 
best breastfeeding is not a contraceptive method. I'll just make no. that very clear no. to your listeners. Got pregnant very quickly afterwards. And I think I was about 15 weeks pregnant when my mum rang me up and said, oh, they're talking about something called hypnobirthing on TV. And this was, I mean, Rory, my second is now, was 18 this month. So it's over 18 years ago. And hypnobirthing just wasn't really around then. It was you know, it was a bit out there and I'd never, ever have tried. And I never went, would go to a hypnotherapist. It was all kind of, you know, Scooby-Doo, swinging watches, the evil hypnotist to me. Um, But, you know, they were talking about pain-free birth. And I am going to just talk about this because I think that is an issue with how we advertise hypnobirthing. But as a mum who was 15 weeks, who would have done anything to have a better experience, I was like, yep, you know what? I'm just sign me up. I am going to have a go at this. And I ordered some CDs because that was all we had then. And I listened to them every night before I went to bed. Mm. And oh my gosh, the difference was that um, I slept every night with my first child. I was up with heartburn. It was just Oh, it was, I didn't, didn't sleep. Um, I was uncomfortable. I had none of this with my, with, wow. with this when I was listening to the tracks. So, um, and even when Rory was born, cause Rory was early as well, very early Rory, um, that we do have early babies in the family and Rory was born at 32, 33 weeks, which oh, was yeah. about the same as my grandmother actually. Oh. Um, he was wrapped in cotton wool and put by the fire. So, oh. Um, so Rory um, was born at that and, and it was all kind of really, I woke up in the morning thinking at about three o'clock or maybe it was two o'clock saying, thinking, oh, I think waters have gone. And the me before I'd done hypnobirthing would have been, oh my gosh, let's get out of bed. We've got to go to the hospital now. And I would have been panicking and everything. But, you know, I thought, no, I can still feel movement. Everything feels fine. I didn't feel worried at all so I waited until about five o'clock so my husband could sleep because I knew that there'd be a lot to do with 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 our eldest um and said oh I think my waters are broken and he was like whoa, 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 whoa. and we went to hospital and to cut a very long story short I had a v-back wow, um under you. those circumstances um I was totally calm the midwives had never come across hypnobirthing before they thought the monitoring machine was broken um because it wasn't replicating I wasn't replicating what they were seeing or they expected to see on the monitor. Um, And but I think the birth was great and I felt really powerful and it was completely different to my first birth. But what really made a difference was how I felt afterwards. Mm -hmm. It really set me up. And I had I remember picking up my second child. Uh, makes me feel quite emotional thinking about it just hours after I'd given birth and swinging them around in the corridor and playing with them and just just felt mentally so much lighter um and so and I just thought well why why don't we know about this why aren't other you know why aren't we being taught this and we should have those feelings they've been denied to us um and and so you know I left my job and I tried as a hypnotherapist first and foremost and then I went on and I trained in different methods of hypnobirthing um I went on mindfulness retreats with people like Thich Nhat Hanh to understand that approach as well and that culminated in a lot of 
my books and the work that I do. Um, and it is incredible to see how hypnobirthing has just exploded globally. And when people say, oh, there's not enough research around it, you've got to ask, well, why is it so popular? Why are people so passionate about it? Um, because, you know, it does work, but the way you approach it and the way you engage with it matters. And, I, you know, I think I hope this is one thing we can talk about today, about how that explosion has meant that it's, you know, you just have to be watchful and careful about the courses that you do and who you, who you do that work with. That's a really good point, Sophie. And let's definitely talk about that. But first of all, I wonder if we can just clarify, and I loved your story, and I felt that emotion, by the way, when you're saying about swinging your second round, because I think there's definitely such a strong correlation between birth experience, regardless of what that might look like, but how you feel. And to me, that's a positive birth, how that woman feels, not, not what that looks mm. like in terms of water birth or vaginal birth or cesarean birth and how you then transition into that fourth trimester. And I think that's really powerful. And that's why we, we're so passionate, you and I, and the other birth workers out there about ensuring that women do have that positive birth and those positive emotions attached. But three of the terms that you just mentioned there, I wonder if you could just clarify, because I think for lots of people listening, we perhaps don't quite understand the real differences between them. And you mentioned mindfulness, mm -hmm. hypnotherapy, and hypnobirthing. Now I know you're really passionate about these being quite different. Mm -hmm. Can you explain to us how they're different or what the differences are? Yeah, I'm also gonna throw relaxation into the mix because mm -hmm. yeah. I know a lot of hypnobirthing teachers talk about hypnobirthing being relaxation methods. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, so let's start with hypnobirthing. So hypnobirthing was started by someone called, well, it's been around for years and years and years. The first written records of someone using hypnosis for birth are in the 1850s wow which is extraordinary mm. um and so hypnotherapists have been using these techniques for man helping manage pain anxiety certain phobias related to pregnancy um all sorts of things long before hypnobirthing became a program in kind of the 19 late 1990s so hypnobirthing is a collection of um, very generic hypnosis, or it should be a collection of very generic hypnosis tools that it isn't hugely flexible and that you learn very quite rigidly. Mm -hmm. um, so that might be a set of tracks to listen to. It might be um, some scripts that you your partner is trained to speak to, which I actually don't do for certain reasons, but a lot of courses do do that. Um, and and so it's it's very prescriptive and they do differ the different hypnobirthing courses so um, and there are different tools and techniques on them now people don't like the idea of hypnosis people are kind of scared by it and i know that as as being a new mum myself and i was at that point where you know what i would try anything even even hypnosis and I am the last resort when people are doing anything, even if it's not pregnancy related, they come to me as the last resort, which is a real shame because the one thing I loved about, or I love about hypnosis is it shows you how your mind works. Mm -hmm. And actually I don't make anyone do anything they don't want to do. I show them how to use their mind and actually how we're being 
hypnotized every day of our lives by things around us. So it's very empowering like that. But people don't like to think of it. So they tend to use the word relaxation a lot. And this happens in hypnobirthing. So you'll see, come and learn some relaxation techniques. That is not hypnosis, a relaxation technique. Hypnosis itself is very relaxing. So relaxation is kind of a byproduct of hypnosis. Um, but it, they are very different things. Hypnosis is is it's a thera- it's a, a, a psychological approach to understanding your mind, how your mind responds to your body, learning very specific techniques. It's not just breathing and relaxation and a few affirmations. And I think that's where you can go very wrong with practice. It's, you know, you can have a very light touch, but it actually means that you don't have that skill and adaptability to use it when or if things change, for example. Um, now, mindfulness is is different again. So I, I see this a lot. Hypnobirthing courses being marketed as mindful birth and because mindfulness is more palatable. You know, mindfulness is a big thing. It's it's easily marketable. It's almost a buzzword um, at the moment, I think. It is. A, it's completely, it's the buzzword. But again, it's very different. So hypnosis is about changing your behavior, a habit, a changing your feeling about something. So it's very proactive as a therapy. It's very directive. So if you want to turn pain down um, or discomfort down, you have specific tools to do that. With mindfulness, it's much more um about observing what's happening in your body and what isn't happening in your body so if you were having a contraction and you were using hypnobirthing hypnosis i would say um i would use certain techniques like distraction techniques or hypnosis techniques to just turn that down and change it completely so it might be focus on this and as i'm counting down five four three two one just noticing how much more so you'd use that type of language with, with mindfulness it's if the contraction comes i would say okay just notice that contraction as it rises in your body place your attention on it notice where it is notice where it isn't um, and then continue to follow that because it's like the in mindfulness you have a raisin test and that it, it it encourages you to look at the raisin, to feel the raisin, to you know, then to then to taste the raisin, and you're kind of doing that with a contraction because mm-hmm. as you do that, it changes in its nature. It becomes you you become unafraid of it, and it, when you lose that fear, then everything is different. Mm-hmm. So those two approaches, and I think that's misunderstood and not really taught in a lot of other courses. Yeah, so actually um, they sound like completely different approaches to essentially mm. trying to get the same goal in terms of a positive, calm birth, um, but really different mm. approaches. So Sophie, with the work that you do, would you be trying to understand what approach might be best for a certain individual? How do you go about it? Yeah, so with, with hypnosis, I mean, the underlying principle with hypnosis and hypnobirthing is that um, we all have some element of fear around birth because that's the culture we live in. We can, we are psychologically conditioned to be fearful of birth mm-hmm. and to think that we need help. Um, and the whole principle of hypnobirthing is if you work with that fear and you get rid of that fear and you learn to understand your body, know what it's doing and trust your body, that um, and that fear falls away, 
that everything changes. Your work body works as it's meant to work. Any discomfort is reduced. Um, and so what I do, what I do very specifically is I use the antenatal preparation to get rid of the fear, but I don't want people to go into the birth using the tracks and the hypnosis as a crutch. So I don't want people to be saying to me, um, what happens if the techniques don't work? Because I want to use the hypnotherapy to get people to a place where they feel 100% confident that they are, um, can do it themselves. And that if things take a different direction, they are equipped with tools to help them with that mentally and emotionally. And then once people are in that place, you know, I'm a doula as well. So I've been at lots of births and you know, as well as I do, Pip, that when someone is completely free of fear, they feel well supported, um, that they go naturally go into a state of mindfulness. Mm. You know, you go into this amazing space. I like to think of it as um, it's like Kairos. It's a Greek word meaning, meaning time between time. Mm. And it's a bit like that in the birth room. So you don't actually need the hypnosis all the time. So many people come back and say, well, I didn't really do hypnobirthing because I didn't really get around to using the tools. And I think that's perfect. I want to hear that because that means they've done the work beforehand and they've had that support and felt confident and empowered. Um, and so really I want people to, that. so I use the hypnosis before to really build that confidence up, that knowledge, that sense of deep, empowerment that you need to allow them to go into that space of natural presence during labor and then have the tools um if things take take a take a change um take go a different way to be able to ask the questions they want to ask because one thing about fear as you know pip is if someone's really anxious or frightened and in that fight or flight state you get brain fog and it's harder to ask the questions you need to or to advocate for yourself or for others if it's your partner yeah definitely so that's the difference it's being able to kind of move between the two but but yeah they are very very different and listening to you speak there Sophie it sounds like one of the keys to having success with these kind of practices is practice yeah, absolutely and I you know what I, I see a lot of posts say a lot of people do just read a book and you know and that's enough for them but it's a bit like if you're really really frightened and you're not sure about the tools and things like that reading a book's possibly not enough and yeah. um, i mean we i think we tend to forget that hypnosis is a skill and hypnotherapy is uh, is a therapy and the whole purpose of it is to get you to understand your mind but also teach you to process those unconscious fears so you know we're very good at putting on a mask and saying I'm fine I'm fine I'm absolutely fine I'm really looking forward to it but if you know we have you know it's the me I cannot see we all have those unconscious fears um and if you're not working with someone who can help you process those they can pop they can pop up at any moment they might not but they can and Practice is so important, not just about processing all of those, um, but also techniques 
that you learn as part of a hypnobirthing course um, are often what's known as it's about conditioning. So the more and more you, you're learning a new habit and a behavior. So the more it's like riding a bike, the more and more you do it, the, the easier it is, the more automatic it becomes. So you learn trigger words and things like that. So the more you practice them, you get to a point where you just hear that word or see that word and instantly your body relaxes. Mm. Um, and so the practice does really matter. Um, I just listen to tracks, but I know that if I'd had a course, there's a lot of other things that I would have changed at my birth. And that's partly why I'm so passionate about people doing a course. Mm. Um, and I didn't do an online course for a very, very long time. So I watched all these other companies come on doing online courses and I was like, no, I am not going to do that because that is not what I think is hypnotherapy and hypnosis for birth, because you can't do that without any face-to-face -face contact. You can't do that processing. Um, so I eventually caved in and I have got an online course now, but I have drop-ins with it. So I do see people face-to-face, -face, which I think is really important. Um, and I always say to people, if you really can't afford to do a course, um, or, you, you know, face-to-face -face course, because they can be quite expensive, is book one session, just one session with someone. So you can at least talk about any underlying anxieties or fears and do a general, what we call a fear release in hypnosis, kind of a letting go of any anxieties mm. or fears. It's um, really powerful. And we know when we talk about their sort of, the evidence around hypnobirthing, I know you said at the beginning, you know, people are sometimes a bit skeptical because it's not there. I kind of argue that in some ways because we know how much evidence, and there is loads about the mind-body connection in other aspects. So whether that is, you know, fear and the physiology in our body or whether it's even like gut health of the mind-body connection, like there's mm -hmm. tons of evidence and actually same principles, different scenario, so we could kind of say, actually, the evidence is fairly solid. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest studies, it's very hard to do a randomized control trial on a therapy like this. Um, for example, CBT is very well evidenced because it's easier to put in a structure and a framework for CBT, especially in group environments. Um, with psychotherapy and more other talking therapies that are person-centered, so led by the client, um, or even like hypnotherapy where it's the client sets the goal and you work towards that based on their language patterns and things. Um, you just can't random do a randomized control trial on that. It's not possible. And but that's why it, that's when it works brilliantly. So that there the, you can find lots, you can find smaller hypnosis for birth um for birth research studies which show that it is really effective in reducing pain reducing the risk of cesarean rates increasing um, um rates of breastfeeding things like that but um i think that um that yeah it is difficult and i think that's that's a real shame um and 
you know, I, I think they're also focusing on the wrong outcomes as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of studies look at um, pain. Yes. As Talk a barometer. Talk to us about pain more. Talk to us about pain. So I imagine that's something you probably work with quite often. Yeah. I mean, the, the most common fears that come up are pain, tearing, pooing in front of other people. Yes. Um, so I think there are very specific things. So when someone says, I've got, I'm, I'm fearful of childbirth. I sometimes say that it's no such thing as fear of childbirth mm. because it's often something within that. So we call that in hypnotherapy, we call that chunking down. So you imagine a big brick wall and the big brick wall is the fear of childbirth, but actually only one brick in that wall is the actual fear. So if you are feeling really frightened and really anxious, it can be helpful to work with someone to find out what that is, work through it and put things in place that stop that happening. So you, so, so let's talk about pain, for example, because obviously that's associated with hypnobirthing. So this is a really interesting thing that over the years, um, how we understand pain around childbirth has has changed quite a lot. And the hypnobirthing principle is that when you are free of anxiety and fear, um, then it stops the fight or flight um, response. And that fight or flight response, which tenses up the body, which is a very mammalian um, fear response. Um, And when your body softens and your muscles are working effectively, and that oxytocin response in your body is supported, then it's um, easier and quicker to give birth. Um, and there are reports of women having pain-free births, and I, that is a big, big selling point with hypnobirthing. Yeah. That's what sold it to me, you know? Yeah. I've put yeah, my hands up in it. It sold it to me, but it's much more complex than that. So often women who have pain-free births will have um they'll be very relaxed they'll be very engaged and committed to practice and during birth um they will feel that sense of support they will feel that sense of i can do this and with that they may have a very powerful experience it may be an intensely physical experience but they not might not label that sensation as pain Mm -hmm. so it's a very positive feeling If you've never had, if you've never given birth before and you've never experienced that powerful sensation of birth um, and everybody says to you, oh, yes, that's that's really painful. Birth Mm. is really painful. It's like our brain makes a calculation um, when you go into labor. Um, Oh, this is what everybody says is really painful. So and I've never had this sensation before. So then your body interprets it as pain because that's the expectation. So what hypnosis does, what hypnobirthing or the work that I do, I try to get people to change their expectation of um, what that sensation is. I don't just try to eliminate it. Yeah. Try to get them to understand it and, and understand the response in their body. But also there are so many studies, Pip, on the expectation of pain. So um, not birth related, but in other areas and when they've been looking at people's brains. And, you know, if you change your expectation, you change your experience of pain. It's It's extraordinary. And so... You can, but you can also equally learn hypnosis techniques to turn down sensations in your body 
Um, so I work with people with chronic pain as well. Um, and birth is different in that we are physiologically designed to give birth. There is nothing wrong with us. And pain is usually a message to the brain that something is wrong, but actually that's not the case with birth. So there's a lot of expectation around that that's feeding into that experience. Um, but equally, the reason why I don't teach pain-free birth is something that I learned on my classes over the years that I found very, very interesting. So in hypnosis, we have something called secondary gain. And secondary gain is when you, um, so for example, um, if you are getting something out of the thing you're trying to get rid of, you're not going to really want to get rid of it because it's giving you something. And if I draw a circle, I, sometimes I draw a circle in my classes and I put a dial on it from zero to 10. And I'll say to people, if you wanted to choose what level of sensation, what sort of intensity of sensation you'd want to experience during labor, um, where would you put that dial? And very rarely people put it on zero, very, very rarely. It's nearly always between three and six because people want to feel something. Um, because it tells them how their labor is progressing. It can be really positive. Um, it tells them when to call the midwife. Um, it, you know, they, it, it can be a signal and it doesn't have to be a painful signal. It can be a very powerful signal, but it can be a rhythmic signal, all these different things. And, and so what you're doing is you're re really retraining your brain to understand what pain is, what it isn't, and what birth can be around this. So, yeah, that's such powerful messaging, Sophie. And I think actually anyone listening who is thinking that they have got some fear and some anxiety underlying or really at the forefront as they're preparing for birth, it's probably really, really reassuring to know, great, there's something we can actively do to to help that. Um, and I think that's it's so key because as society, as women, we haven't helped each other over the years. We have really dramatized birth. We have really kind of missold it. And as you beautifully explained, that's really played into the birth of our future and our generations. And in order for, you know, our daughters, our, you know, our sons' wives to have births that don't, aren't totally encompassed by fear, we've got to start changing the tide, haven't we? And, and I think mm -hmm. that definitely starts with our psychological preparation and almost unpicking some of the damage that's been done and it's no one and it's you know it's not our fault it's it's been around us in society we've naturally absorbed it it's completely unavoidable but we can change it you're spot on with the unpicking as well pip because um marie mongan used to say hypnobirthing isn't about hypnotizing you it's about de-hypnotizing you yeah. because you have been conditioned by society to believe that you can't do this and you absolutely can. Mm. And it can be powerful, it can be positive. I mean, someone that I know um, that I taught, I was a doula for her many, many years ago. She said, I was, I thought I was operating at my, you know, my full, I was in my full power. Mm. But after doing this, I realized I was only operating at like 70%. And now I am a hundred percent. It kind of unlocks something if you are prepared and you feel empowered and you feel strong and you know what's going on and you're well supported you go into this space where it just unlocks this powerful magic mm. within you and my goodness as women we are 
very powerful and capable of so much more than we we give ourselves credit to. Mm -hmm. Sophie, I could talk to you all day. Um, It's just fascinating. Um, And all of Sophie's bio is linked in the episode description. So if there is, if you do want to go and speak to Sophie more, please do, because I could keep her here forever. But um, I wonder, Sophie, if you could just share with us, before I ask you for some top tips, some of the kind of key skills and tools that you really recommend equipping expectant parents with through the work that you do well um obviously there's a hypnobirthing for birth but people really don't understand that hypnosis is applicable to you i mean kate middleton duchess of cambridge used it for uh, morning sickness Yes. And the fourth trimester, my goodness. And the fourth trimester. So you can use it for things before you give birth and afterwards. And I would really, you know, I've got a second book, Mindful Mama, and I really recommend people read that in the last weeks of their pregnancy. So they are prepared to hit the ground running in those first few days. And they have some tips that they can use um, and some little techniques that they can use early on. Um, and that's and so golden. yeah that's golden yeah. so if I was going to say personally you know pregnancy and birth for me was fairly smooth sailing um really enjoyed it so the overwhelming emotions were very much positive and contentment the fourth trimester wow that turned it's on its head mm. and that's where those kind of techniques for me personally would have been so so valuable um mm. and like you say preparing for that beforehand because when you're in that space then kind of hard to seek that support actively yeah. isn't it whereas if you've already got those techniques nailed that's super handy yeah I mean I think we're not prepared for the full trimester at all you're absolutely right and and when I say hit the ground running <laughs> I mean literally literally <laughs> it's just I, I remember bringing bringing my Finley home and um Putting, putting him in the car seat in the middle of the sitting room with and my husband and I stood there and looked at him and said, what do we do now? Yeah, yeah. We've got a baby. What, what have we done? <laughs> yeah. What happens next? No one told us about this bit. <laughs> so, shocker, yeah, yeah, so absolutely. And I wrote this, I, 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 wanted, my, I wanted to publish this book straight after this, the first one. And my publisher said that didn't believe that there was a market for it because she said, no one's got time to read a book in fourth trimester. And I said, but that's when they need it most. That's why. Yeah. And isn't that what, um, I think I've spoken to Anna Mathar a few times on the podcast and that's what she says. When you feel like you haven't got the time for it, that's when you need, that's when it's yes. most necessary. When you've got all the time in the world, well, we're, we're probably feeling pretty good, aren't we? You mm. know. So, so fortunately mine's available as an audio book now. So you can listen to it um, in those early days. Yeah, that sort of thing. But um, but yeah, I, I definitely think tools like, um, so for example, I have a, for hypnosis is very practical. So I've created, I think there are seven, over 70 techniques in the book for different things during the first year. Yeah. And one of them is karma crying. Because when, when your baby's crying, um, for some people that can be quite triggering mm. and it can, especially, and so, and sometimes I, I really believe that that can really trigger people who have been left to cry themselves mm-hmm. as children. And that's a very unconscious process. So it can, so I've got a track and some, for example, a little exercise that you can do um, when your baby is crying. And so you literally put it on and you do the breathing and it just helps you. So it's a hypnosis, really short hypnosis technique that helps you stay calm when your baby's crying so that 
because when you're when you're calmer, your baby will respond to that yeah. as what well. What's that one called again, Sophie? It's just called Karma Crying. Karma. It does what it says on the tin. Take note of that. Thank you. <laughs> you can and and the tracks for the book. The publisher's been extraordinarily generous in that the tracks for the book are free to download. So if you're feeling a bit skint after you've had a baby, you can get these tracks for free. Oh, that's amazing. Um, so um, so yeah, I think learning little techniques like that are really helpful, but also just get it just letting go of that sense that you've got to be up and out with your baby mm. the next day i mean if there was one thing i could change going back i probably wouldn't have left the house for for four weeks or something and just might you know walked from the bathroom to the bed maybe <laughs> maybe and just curled up with my baby and looked at them and just slept and fed i think that's very slow kind of movement into the world is is as a mother and a baby is so incredibly important and lost in our culture mm. um so i think throw any sort of competition with the joneses and getting out there early out of the window and just you know you'll you've got a whole lifetime together just spend those um moments with your baby early on um yeah, and get a good support network around you. I've got a great thing in the book where I get people to think about who's the person they can ask to do their laundry, who's the person that can have a good giggle with if you're feeling a bit flat. So identify who those people are before you have your baby. So you feel like you can ring them up um, and ask them that so you know who those people are because we're all in a fog in those first few weeks, not, you know, and having that written down and meals, meal prep. Mm. get your get your online shopping orders sorted and things things like that the practical stuff practical stuff so that you don't have Mm. to stress your mind oh my god totally resonate yeah a lot of my um i always say your your fourth trimester self will be grateful for your third trimester self for doing some of that practical ahead of time for sure oh the loveliest thing as well very if you've got time to do this is write a letter to yourself at times that might be difficult. Oh, that's beautiful, yeah. So write a letter to the, the the part of you that's really tired and feeling like you can't do another day without sleep or write another, a letter to yourself who's struggling to feed or, you know, those types. Have a think about where what might be difficult for you and then write a supportive letter to yourself to open that's, at that time. I'm totally going to do that now. Like that's amazing. That's such a nice idea, isn't it? For those days when it's like, well, this is well overwhelming. I love that. That's really, that's a really lovely practical thing to do. Um, so I feel like you've just given us loads of top tips and I was going to ask you for three top tips, but have I, have I run out of all of your tips? (laughs) Were there more in there? Um, I mean, feel free to unleash some more if there are. Okay. I'd say do a hypnobirthing course, but do your research. There are a lot of courses out there, um, that, I mean, there are people being trained in hypnosis, in hypnobirthing by people who are not hypnotherapists, mm-hmm. which I I find as a hypnotherapist quite shocking, actually. So don't, don't assume that all courses are the same. It's unregulated. And so antenatal education, hypnobirthing, it's all unregulated. It's so all unregulated. You can do a two-day course and you're prepared to prepare someone for birth. And there are, some, there are some very, very well-known hypnobirthing teachers on social media who have done who've done that a two-day course yeah Um, great marketing yes that is true yes and that's something that 
I don't have the time to do that because I've got a clinic <laughs> practice yeah. and I have to do training and I have to do all sorts of things to keep my practice going. So I don't yeah. have, that's not my thing. It's not my, sh- not my shizzle anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so really do your research, find a course that resonates with you. Um, and you know, so that's, that's important. Um, and I would say if you can afford a doula, look into having a doula. I know that you've probably talked about this before. Um, I think that's another thing I would say. Um, and just make time. I mean, it's just so, but make some time to listen to your tracks and things like that as well. I know that um, we're all busy, especially if it's your second, third, fourth, fifth or more baby. And it's hard to find the time. But um, that's where I've done a lot of tools and techniques that work with that. And I think because I think it's so important. It's not about finding the time. It's using the time you're in. Yeah. Um, five so minutes a day can have a massive impact. Five minutes a day is a massive impact. And if you're really struggling, just stick it, some headphones in your ears like this before you go to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. But but if you do listen to them on headphones every now and again, really important because if your baby hears the music yeah. um, while they're in utero and you're relaxed when they hear the music, they associate the music with you being relaxed. So you can then put the music on after they're born and it will help settle them. I've seen this yeah. over and over again. Um, so, yeah, that's a really top tip that not many people know about. Yeah, I love that. That's super. Oh, Sophie, I could talk to you all day. Thank you so much. I'm so pleased we finally got together and that I got to pick your brains about these really important subjects. If you do want to hear more about what Sophie does, please just look at the episode description where you can link over to her website um, and check out her fantastic resources and best-selling books. Thank you, Sophie. Thanks for having me. Before you head off, I just need to tell you something. 68% of you who listen to my podcast have not hit the subscribe button. So can you do me a favor? If you have ever enjoyed listening and hit subscribe now, it makes a huge difference and helps me to keep bringing you episodes. The bigger the podcast, the bigger the guests and the more women we can reach and help. Thank you for subscribing and I look forward to chatting again soon. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.